Hi, I'm Nina Gigele and this is Gears Mindset Talk. I'm here to interview and talk with athletes, pros, mental coaches, entrepreneurs, and many more who relate to skiing. Together, we want to prove our mindset in skiing and also in business life. <laughs> Hi, Darren. It's so cool to have you here. Um, Thanks, based Nina. in Tahoe at the moment. And I'm happy to have you back here at the Skiers Mindset podcast because, um, yeah, basically we started it a couple of years ago over COVID when we both were sitting in our rooms, bored, not talking and being able to ski. And then we kept talking about it. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, and I dropped in a Travis Ganong session you guys had. Oh, yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's living his life in Japan at the moment. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's taking that ski racers like uh, travel kind of mindset and just like nonstop, you know, movement to like out of Tahoe, all over the world. He was in Austria, hung out with him in Kitzbühel. Um, now he's in Japan. He's coming back for the World Cup that we have here coming up end of the month, February. So I'm, I'm these days for me, I just want to be rooted as much as possible at home. And and luckily this month I'm here, and we have, we're just Tahoe is firing right now. It's so good. We had a we had a really late season start with snow. It was really warm and dry, and then we finally kind of got a good turnaround um, this last week. And every day it's been like storm skiing, and today it's it's cracked blue, so fired up to get out there in a little bit. Oh, that's amazing. That's so yep. cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to soon visit you. Um, that's just a side note for you not yeah. to forget, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. yeah looking <laughs> forward to showing you around a little bit out here. Hopefully. Yeah. Um. You know, for all the listeners in Skiers Mindset Talk, uh, I like to talk about mindset and mental strength. And I'm curious, like, I mean, you were so successful in ski racing. I remember you were like one of our role models when we were trying to become athletes. And then um, you kind of turned your career from an alpine ski racer to like, yeah, ski crosser, free riding, big mountain skiing, just send it. How was it? Was that like a big change in your mind? Uh, you know, I, I just felt like I did retire on my own terms. I was like skiing fast. I was healthy. And uh, it, it was hard for me to stop and just like quit ski racing. The reason I did it was because I was just kind of getting tired of just the travel. And, you know, on mm -hmm. the road eight months out of the year, that was tough. And uh, I was married a couple of years before that. And it was just about like, let's start a family. So there's a few other things I wanted to do. But the last year I raced, I won Beaver Creek, I won Bormio, I won Bangan, third in Kitzbühel. It was just rocking. And uh, and everybody's like, how can you stop now? And I just felt like I put my mm -hmm. everything I had into that last season as like 100% focus and like really soaking up and just taking advantage of, of um, you know, every experience. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I jumped into ski cross and some like big mountain skiing with um, MSP. And that to me was a new challenge. And I had others just saying, whoa, like, what are you doing? Are you gonna go ski cross and, and taint your reputation as one of the best ski racers around? And like, how's that? Like, well, you're gonna get your ass kicked, you know, <laughs> out there. And and I was like, you know what? Even if I am not competitive, which I think I can be competitive, but if I'm, it's still a challenge I wanna step up to. And I think mm -hmm. that's my whole mindset in my life was like trying to like, you know, find a challenge and take it down. And for me, for example, like 
my size is not the traditional like size for a downhiller. I'm more of like a GS kind of like, you know, skier size and super G. And those are my two strengths. And I had, uh, I had one of the guys that ran the race program on the ski saying that I shouldn't even bother, you know, put any effort in a downhill because I'd have no chance of being competitive. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a way for me to like, like it lit the fire a little more and downhill is just the ultimate It is the ultimate in like thrill and, and fun. So I wanted to focus on that. And so from that early on in ski racing, I was able to step up through all these challenges and coming into the ski cross and, and big mountain kind of like try to like always ski a big face. Like I, I would in ski racing, but it's, it's tough because there's so many variables. And I've never really hit like a, a line top to bottom like I, I would in a ski race just because there's so many unknowns. I don't think it's possible. But I've had a lot of fun doing all these. When you move from one to the next, it's like I love skiing so much. I love being outdoors. I need to try and find ways to to still be involved. And it's a number of things now, like coaching youth in ski racing. I do a camp in early like November in Copper, then one in uh, American Downhill Camp in Mammoth in May. And, and I just up on the hill and jump in and do some forerunning or some training once in a while with some of these from college down to like U16 kids. There's, and then like trying to, you know, also like get some of that, like that buzz going again with go, you know, going to film and shoot some stuff. So it's, it's fun to still have these little moments. Where I feel these little sparks, yeah. you know, and bam, like stuff just lights me up and I can still get a that few of those. Those sparks are the essential ones, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's living, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And is it like, I mean, you know, like going from downhill racing to ski across to big mountain skiing, it's like um, starting three different companies. And like, right, did you always keep the same like um, preparation, like in front of a start gate? Like, did you have like a mental routine? You like... When you're on top of the mountain or on top of the strife, on top of the um, ski across, which I think is slightly different because you have other people to compete with at the same time, did you always do the same routine or did you adjust it? How was it for you? No, I mean, I, I pretty much stuck with the same routine because I knew what, you know, physically and mentally worked for me. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I definitely went way more like, you know, um, put more effort into ski racing, obviously. And the other stuff was more fun, but I still want to be competitive. So I wasn't mm -hmm. like preparing as much, you know, for ski cross mm -hmm. or big mountain, but I still was putting some time in. And I think the the mental imagery aspect is, is such a huge benefit. And I really practice that a lot in ski racing um, through the summertime. Like I'd, I'd watch like, you know, five of my favorite downhill races, like throughout the summer, just like run through that, um, those races and watch some footage who was fast there and run, run, you know, the, uh, the track through my head. And I mm -hmm. think it really like, uh, for ski racing, like you'll like get yourself at that moment and then like flash through, you know, like this run, you're, you're, you're pretty much like way faster than you are in reality. So my, mm -hmm. what I tried to do is like be as realistic as possible and put a clock to that when I was doing imagery to see how close I could get to the actual mm -hmm. race run. Interesting. Because mm -hmm. then you're, you're in as, as real time as you can be. And I kind of yeah. took that, um, you know, I wasn't timing my runs in AK, but I was trying to be as realistic with like, you know, how long the turn would take and this and that, like 
put something together. And I tell mm-hmm. you, it's, it's a little easier when you see something and you get decide on the spot what you're going to do as opposed to like see a big line and then it's not quite ready and you wait like a day or two because it's simmering, right? And you're going to bed thinking about it. You're waking up in the middle of the night. Your hands are sweating. <laughs> I've had a few of those. And and um, I had one of these like just epic lines up in um, Alaska with TGR. And we saw it after a day after a storm. And I didn't feel comfortable with it. And we bypassed it and waited for the next day for it to kind of like consolidate and set up a little more. And because there's some consequences below. And you had to go. I had to go skiers right. It was a split. And um the next day, um, Seth Morrison was there, Dash Long, and uh, Sage, and, and all those guys uh, skied other lines, and everything held up fine. So I felt like, okay, with a day of healing, the snowpack, three other guys that skied some lines. This is like the little more critical one, but I had some like good information that I felt safe with, and, and halfway down the line, the thing snapped on me and, and took me off the direction I did not want to go. And, um, you know, but I was like thinking about that, like for these runs thinking like, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Mm -hmm. But like that ultimate like feeling at the bottom is the payoff. I've Mm -hmm. had a few that worked out great, but this one didn't. But I'll tell you, um, you know, in that situation, you're trying to kind of like, okay, I've done all this homework. I've, I've like, I know exactly what my, you know, moves are. And, um, I can ski racing. It just, you improvise if something goes wrong. And mm-hmm. in big mountain skiing, same thing. Ski cross, I mean, a lot of stuff is going out of your plan because of the different guys you're racing, you know, your competitors you're up against. But I loved all those aspects. I love those challenges. And um, I'd say in the start, like for me, it was or at the top of a mountain and really trying to just breathe heavy and kind of clear my head because I, I know what to do inside. It's, I'm like on autopilot and then you just like rely on your skills to take over and but you have all this stuff like that you've you've rehearsed to like mm-hmm. just go out there and execute and um I don't want to think about too much of that stuff right before I go I'm just kind of like breathing and getting fired up and and um you know just trying to like be just fully like focused and and channel kind of that energy to to go so that's sort of like um because you know that happens within seconds. You need to decide when something doesn't go right. It's just a few seconds. When I'm out guiding, and I just the other day I was exploring, and it didn't work out well. And then you know the like I intentionally had to stay resilient on top of the mountain with my clients. It didn't work out well. But then I just had to de- decide. I had like a few minutes. I wasn't like super stressed. But in your case, in Alaska. You're not the right line you want to go to. You just have to decide within seconds whether what you like. There is no, oh, maybe I try this or I keep exploring those two options. It's like in a way. Yeah, it happens quick. And you have to have a, you got to have a backup plan. I'll call it a plan. Mm. You know, you have the plan A, which you're going to go for. And if something, you know, changes, you have a plan B, especially like, you know, like yeah. thinking about like snow conditions and something like rips out, like where's your island safety? Where are you going to exit? And you got to go, you know, quickly to that spot. So you already have that kind of in the back of your head as like the, the backup plan to, mm-hmm. to, in your case, like guiding, being responsible for others is even harder. And I've done a few just like of those moments I take, you know, people like friends out even, you know, to a new place and I'm kind of leading. 
And it's like, I mean, one, I want to be safe, but like, I'm really focusing on, you know, the others and that's, that's hard. I mean, but like, I think when you come to those spicy situations and, and uh, everything works out, those are the things that you remember a lot more than an easy day, you know? <laughs> it's like, so, uh, like it broadens your comfort zone, right? And it's also like, like what you were just saying, and it's the same for me, you need to be prepared. You need to have plan, plan A, plan B, like you have to mm -hmm. like, what's the worst, worst happens, I have to do that. And um, it's like that preparation and be prepared what happens and know exactly what you do, trusting yourself. Like it also like comes back to your inner mind, like because you know, and everywhere you have to adjust, but you're just probably so adjustable and so successful because you are able to put yourself in these challenges. Yeah. Because I, mean, you know I mean, physically, you know, I've had so much like training over my course of my mm -hmm. career and I can rely on a lot of like those, you know, instinctual moves. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's like, and one thing I have on my side is going fast. So if I need to straight line something and get out of there, like I, I you know, pretty much know I can handle it or you just fight to do it. And I trained to a level where I was above and beyond where I'd physically ever be, like, you know, off season. So I knew I could handle, you know, more than like what it was thrown at me. But I was still like, I mean, you're, you're crushed at the bottom. It, it hurts. Your legs are on fire. Your, your lungs, mm -hmm. like you're, you're just, you're, you're, all your power is gone. But it's like that mental strength of continuing to push is such a huge factor and i think that's kind of where my strength was in ski racing and it, and it helps like these days it's like skiing on the mountains and um when you have to pull something off and, and um you know these, these days like in any kind of skiing like i know that like you know if there's a critical move like what my body's capable of doing and so i i, I wish I, i mean i had more time to train like i did in the past But um, it's just, you know, it's just part of where I'm at in life. But, um, you know, I was just talking to a buddy of mine on the chair on KT, KT22. You'll be on that soon, Palisades, Tahoe. It is like the, what they call it the mothership. But to knock off nonstops, like, throughout the day, it's tough. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's good vertical, a lot of killer terrain, rock shoots. Like, there's all kinds of fun stuff right now, especially because we haven't had a huge winter. We had so much terrain in play with like the lower tide conditions that uh, there's like all kinds of features out there. So I tell you, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to be rallying the mountain and, and uh, have that like top to bottom push and, and it still stay with it. Just kind of knowing that's, you know, physically you're going to get good, you're gonna get good and strong if you can you know, keep skiing like that. Is it like when, what would you say to somebody? Because I meet a lot of people who are very, wait a second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No worries. So, I, I was right there um, last week. Uh, yeah, me. The, the, I have it the since. The dry cough. It's fucked. Yeah. Anyways, um, so like when you have like these, I mean, a lot of people tell me like they're so overestimated. They're so exhausted. They like they don't know where to go. They don't want to push their boundaries. But like, what keeps you motivated to still be on that challenge and still like, okay, I try to get the, to the next step? Uh, the motivation is just like, you know, satisfaction of, of uh, new challenges and, and, and just like, you know, like I said before, like feeling alive, like just pushing yourself so you feel alive and then just 
you know, there's, there's other aspects. It's, there's, I'd say still, I'm really physical these days, like being in the mountains, but then also trying to figure out ways to like work with brands and, and, um, you know, I'm not filming anymore. I'm not competing. You know, I go for some photo shoots and kind of represent some brands in different ways, but like, you know, the challenge of just of, of like trying to find ways to make products, products better that I'm skiing on that I want that I I'm happy with. And, uh, that's going to transfer over. That's going to transfer over to, um, you know, the, the, um, regular recreational skier, but it's just, there's a constant, um, reevaluation of yourself and just trying to figure out ways to continue. And I think I'm, I'm figuring out a pretty good way to do it these days. And, and now what's fun is like my kids, they're 16 years old. They got twins, a boy and a girl. My boy's racing and doing free skiing. He is like, he's like stepped into this like free ride world where there's such a good like head to head sort of, um, they're feeding off each other, all these kids, you know, they're like, they're stepping up like crazy with all these tricks and everything. And he's doing this, the ski racing as well. and trying to balance the two sides. And sees that just he's just having fun out there. And my daughter, she's coaching these little kids. So I think there's a great like, I guess, um, foundation I've built for them, and they love skiing. And then they've evolved in different ways, like what Dre's doing with racing and free ride, and what Miley's doing with, with like coaching and and then skiing with friends. I think it's just skiing to me is I want to be able to ski with these you know, my own children for a lot of years ahead and. And that, that's really important to me. So I love that they're loving the time in the mountains. What would you like, you know, all those people like, I mean, skiing is not a sport which will increase the next years. But what would you like? Why should people start skiing? Uh, people should start skiing because it's one of the most amazing you know, feelings out there, just like physically, but also in the mountains. I mean, since like COVID, you see the explosion of like backcountry equipment you know from all these manufacturers coming out and like the sales and everything like a lot of people have this incredible equipment nowadays to go enjoy themselves not just at the ski resorts but like immerse themselves more in in the mountains and mother nature and i think it's like it's such a special experience like there's days where all i want to do is ski resort i want to take a lot of laps and just you know just put all my energy in going downhill but there's other days where um i just want to go for a hike and get out there and go for quality and, and see something new and get away from, you know, uh, most of the people around. And I'm really fortunate to live in the area, Northern California here, or on Lake Tahoe, where you're above these, I mean, you're on these lines, Lake Tahoe, which looks like tropical water, you know, it's like all the sand and granite rock around the shoreline. And it's a huge lake. And just to see that kind of, you know, acreage of water, just just below you on a line is is incredible so i think that just you know it fills your soul it makes you feel so good and and um it's caught on quite a bit so it's it's harder and harder to find but you just gotta go early try and beat the crowds <laughs> you were just saying like have you like do you have anything on your bucket list where you would love to ski uh you know my bucket list like i mean i i want to ski more in my backyard which i call tahoe the surrounding area in my backyard so there's a lot of stuff around here that I want to ski. Um, I always love going up to Haines, Alaska. So I have two trips planned to go up there, middle of March and early April. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love being in Austria. So I kind of get my fix during the Hanukkah. Um, a couple of days before that, 
I didn't really tag on any extra days to do much. I mean, it wasn't like great scheme, but I miss going up to the Arburg. I want to get out in St. Anton again. You know, that's a good place to be. That's why you've ruined yourself there. And um, I agree. And it's, uh, yeah, just to be around just different terrain and, and uh, experience something new, is, it was always, it's always fun. I really don't have like a set spot, like I want to go there. I got more just like, I just want to go anywhere where there's good snow and a lot of terrain. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we have we have that right now here in Tahoe, so I don't want to be anywhere but this place at home. Cool. Yeah, that's great to hear. It's like when you like see your kids skiing and, you know, they do racing and off-piste and every type of this. Um, would you wish that they are also becoming an athlete um, or would you just like like let them experience and like see and get the most out of skiing in general or how do you see that i just want them because to experience you know, with it all the pressure yeah. and yeah, stuff I mean, you went through i could tell you um i mean i started or michelle and i started our kids in the ski racing program just to give them a good foundation and um you know they raced or my they raced until uh she was 14 years old and she just felt too much pressure Right. And I think maybe it does trickle down from me or it does, you know, because she was getting comments from friends or even coaches saying you should be better than you are faster. You should be really fast because your dad's like, you know, such a great ski racer. But I think that was like horrible, you know, for her to hear that and already put this expectations on top of her. And uh, so she backed away from skiing. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It was horrible. Like I would, you know, I got upset, you know, hearing that stuff back. Um, that feedback yeah, from her, um, and Dre feels it too. You know, he's uh, he's he's got so much talent, but like, he's not on the track to be a like a ski racer up there. I mean, it takes so much dedication and so much work, and and on talent alone, he can hang in there. But now at his age, first year fist, like there's a lot of other guys that are putting a lot of time in. They're all they're fully focused on on racing, training, all this. You know this mental like training as well. He's just having fun. And bottom line is like, I think it's great as a, as an individual athlete in competition to feel those emotions and like how you um, handle that and, and how you overcome. I mean, it's, we've all had ups and downs. We've all had struggles and um, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge to stay on point at, on the top and be really competitive um, because it's a roller coaster ride. Those emotional swings of like feeling like shit and just like, you know, find a ways to climb back out of that and the reset. And I think for me, like just writing down stuff, like journaling about certain things, so I can go back to like, a, you know, highlight sort of day training or a, or a competition and just see kind of like how I, you know, felt that day and just basically like ground myself again. And I think you get in a rut, we call it, like just, you know, down in a deep hole. And it's not easy to climb yourself out of those. But I think if you have, like, past, like, just, I mean, writing stuff down, just, it's, it's so good to kind of the ways to express yourself and share things for yourself to go back to learn from and, and reset. That's actually, like, very, I've never heard it in that way, but I really appreciate it that you shared that because... My next question would be, did you ever feel like you're a bad person because you failed in ski racing? Um, I didn't feel like I was a bad person. I would just be, yeah, I'd feel sick to my stomach, you know, or just uh, like it really got to me because 
you put a lot of effort into something, mm-hmm. you tend to have higher expectations of, of results. And, mm-hmm. um, but like you got, I, I came to the point where I finally started focusing on just like the run and mm-hmm. not, it can be competitive and knowing that's pretty powerful. I'd say very powerful that, uh, if you put your best effort down, it could be an awesome run, but I'm going out there for a feeling and ski racing is, is so much like time, you know, it's just about the time on the, on the clock and where you finish. But if you can like get to the bottom and feel like, Hey, I put everything into it. I could not have done any more. I had no regrets, you know, the way I skied, it just didn't work out. Then ultimately you gotta be satisfied with yourself. I mean, my last season, 2006, I was lined up to win Olympic gold and downhill um, with those three wins I mentioned before, coming to it third in Kitzbühel. I won that same track two years before that, so I knew it was a really good hill for me. And I had a crazy situation in the starting gate where I had skis swapped out on me like a minute before I kicked out of the gate. And I, I came down, I felt like I skied well, and I was off pace. And I was so mad. And, you know, it was like this, that little, like, change-up cost me. And, um, you know, it's like mm-hmm. still, like, I wish it didn't happen because, yeah, it would have been a different result that day for me. But really looking back, like, I gave everything I could have. like prepped myself as well as I could. There was a few things that were kind of, like, I was thrown off about the day before. But um, there was a lot of pressure. And as an American, like, the Olympics is the big deal. Like we were talking earlier, like I've won a number of World Cups, and I have more recognition in the U.S. for for winning a a ski cross, X Games gold, you know, in my hometown mm-hmm. than I did for World Cup because they saw it on TV, it was all over the place on ESPN, isn't that? But mm-hmm. for a ski racer, the Olympics is huge, you know, and um, especially in America because everybody pays attention to the sport at that time. You know, what I'm most proud of is obviously like a win in Kitzbühel and a win in Bangen, like on the big tracks the classics and just because it's a an Olympic race, um, that hill is not like those are the till, two hills. Like and so I wanted to be challenged and I wanted to comp- I wanted to perform on the best the best stage possible and and that's what I'm most proud of of those those races um, on the World Cup and, and having consistency with the ones I love. I'm Beaver Creek, Barmio, Vangen, Kitts, Capitfield, my five pick most you know fun favorite races i was on the podium a number of times at each and so having that consistency and, and wins at all those was was incredible but i think um i guess going back to the individual you know pressure as not a team player but like your individual you know athlete in scheme it's uh there's a lot of like pressure you gotta learn to learn to deal with and if i think if you take away the results take away all that stuff and just hey i want to have fun I've done all my prep work. Let's go out and execute and see what I got. I think those are the best like takeaways in life, and and, cool. and, it, and it transfers sport transfers to business. Sport transfers to to you know relationships. For me, you know, sports easier. <laughs> those other ones that I put so much into it, but you know, you learn. You can take a lot of things from from sports to make you a better person. Also in business, you mean? <laughs> cool. So Thank you so a, much. Yeah, Nina, thanks. Cool. I mean, I'm just really fortunate to be still involved in, in skiing like I am mm. these days. And, um, you know, it's I love dipping back into the racing scene and, you know, go to Beaver Creek, Versa mm. Prey, go to Kitzbühel. Palisades Tahoe is coming up for the World Cup. 
and to to meet people there and and we have a, a really strong ski racing base here in Tahoe so a lot of kids like are fired up that you know we have these races back here and mm-hmm. and uh, it's a way for me to kind of connect with my past and and you know definitely bummed like this has been a tough season for a lot of the top athletes you know so many injuries and oh, yes. um you know what uh, we did this American Downhill podcast we just had Alexander Kilday on and um his ski technician was my guy for the last couple of years from Atomic Thomas Burglar and mm-hmm. since Kill Day's out, you know, they're both not coming to Tahoe. So, I mean, I kind of miss out, like, and, and uh, I didn't see him in Kissville either because he was hurt before Kits. So mm-hmm. those are the connections I kind of, I'm going to miss out on, not seeing Tom and hanging on him a little bit or, you know, seeing Alex. But um, I, I really stay tuned into the racing world still and and love meeting, like, all the, the current racers and the new kids coming up and, and firing them up and, and we just we threw cool. down with a good celebration in Londoner and you know just to share that like <laughs> that time and I got there a little too late though because Odermott was in there as well and he left before really? I showed up and then uh, Florian you know was second the first day on Friday down you know he was in there so it was like collectively so much energy and all these like amazing like you know um athletes that were hanging out and just celebrating that's kind of takes me back to my time i mean i was yeah. in there with with chetil andre almott and luke alfon and danny mar and didia kush and and uh the canadians the americans and it just like that to me is still fun to share those experiences and and um you know celebrate what you know those, those big moments so it is it is a great community mm-hmm. it's you a know, community and, which Keeps you motivated to return and, and stay within the community, right? Yeah, and then just like beyond the athletes too, all the industry guys, you know, from the, the, mm, the yeah. brands and with this and and just even people that yeah, like yeah. Um, my buddy Chevy that owns like, you know, Simple Food and Drink there in Kitsville, see him and, and Axel Naglish to just, you know, go to dinner with him and, and catch up with that guy. It's like I've built mm. a lot of amazing relationships through – my time in ski racing and mm-hmm. sport and, and it's fun to kind of see those guys even if it's just once a year but yeah you know, those are the special the special experiences so yeah thanks for uh thanks thanks for having me on and and um excited for you know your time out here to check out what we got in tahoe thank you so much for that inspiring uh talk um it was great to listen to you um, sharing some of your personal insights, which is always very valuable. And yeah, I'm looking forward to Tahoe. Thank All you. Right. Ciao, ciao. See you later. See ya.